right, guys. Heads up. This is going to be a live show uh, with Miles. So if you guys do have any questions or anything like that, once we start diving into stuff, uh, feel free to leave a comment. And, uh, you know, if we have time, we'll uh, we'll let Miles answer some of the questions or anything like that. You guys are going to like this one. Uh, you know, I know Miles personally. Um, you know, I'll kind of wait and uh, let him intro himself and, and tell you guys about it, a little bit about his story and, and kind of where he comes from and, and what he's doing now. Uh, it's pretty awesome if you ask me. I've got a tremendous amount of respect for the guy. Um, so excited to, you know, kick off the podcast and kick off everything that we're going to do with The Real Impact um, by having, you know, Miles on here. So as soon as he gets on and, and gets all set up, you know, we'll, we'll bring him in and, and get him going. Yo. Miles, what's going on, man? What's up, buddy? I'm so sorry. I had some <laughs> uh, technical difficulties, man. I'm out and about. Um, and uh, I had to, like, restart my phone. And I'm actually doing oh, it yeah. on my phone. Because it's just it's kind of crazy, but anyway. Good. Well, cool, man. Well, I uh, I took us kicked us off a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'm excited to have you on, man. Um, I was just telling that, you know, I've known you for a little while now, and uh, you know, your story and everything like that's incredible. But outside of that, man, just like what you're doing, um, you know, outside of of everything, you know, with your family, with you know, the real estate and your journey so far is awesome. Right. Um, so I wanted to let you kind of open the floor. Um, you know, guys, this is uh, welcome to another episode of The Real Impact. You know, I'm Austin Rice. And, um, you know, the guest we got today is Miles Barrio, right? Yeah. Yes. Miles Barrio. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so I'll kind of let Miles, you know, tell you about himself and a little bit about his story. And then we'll, we'll kind of dive in with everything. Yeah, man. Um, and I, and, and forgive me if this isn't the, uh, the standard way of how you go about these uh, interviews, but I do, I, uh, I'm, I, I do my, my best interviews when it's more so like just conversation, awesome, Q and A, ask yep. whatever you want to ask. <laughs> like, it's, it's weird when you kind of like, just, you know, Structure. tell your story in a way yeah. and kind of like, um, you know, so, I mean, I, I'll just start with just by saying, you know, uh, I'm 29, I'm out in the South Greenville, South Carolina, um, I was a wedding and commercial photographer before I was doing real estate. So I traveled all over the world shooting weddings and working with brands, Netflix, uh, Uber Eats. Um, we work, I've been all over the world, uh, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, Canada, Mexico, DR. I mean, just mm -hmm. crazy stuff. So um, it was awesome. It was a great career. But once I, uh, my wife and I got married and we moved to Greenville, um, you know, COVID hit. And uh, we definitely had to obviously transition and I had always wanted to get into real estate. I just never really knew how to go about it um, in the way that I know now. I thought you had to, you know, essentially yeah. save up hundreds of thousands of dollars or, you know, at least, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to try to buy something and then flip it or, what, or whatnot. I never understood the idea of leveraged, uh, you know, leveraging um, capital, which is crazy because obviously I make way more money today. I've ever made in my entire <laughs> life. And I never yeah. use my money. I'm always leveraging, you know, other people's capital. So it's just so crazy. It's such a big myth. Um, yeah, you know, I want to dive into that too because I think I think that's a huge like barrier to entry for people too. You yeah. know, I mean, especially like when people think about real estate and think about getting into real estate. I think one of the like you said, right? Like one of their biggest drawbacks is like, well, I don't have all this money saved up. 
right. you know, like I don't have, you know, 20% to put down on an investment property or, you know, whatever the case is. So I think of like, like you said, like a lot of people's drawbacks is, well, I don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands or even tens of thousands saved up to, you know, to get started. So, uh, I mean, how did, how did you kind of overcome that? how did you get started, you know, with everything? Obviously I know the story, right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, I, it was just by the grace of God, man. I mean, I, I, you know, I was definitely like searching for like income opportunities, but it really came out of nowhere. It was on a YouTube uh, video. I was yeah. watching the club, which is like just so funny because it has nothing to do with real estate of like 99 <laughs> like rappers and musicians. It's just I, I, li I listen to it literally just to stimulate my brain in other ways. Um, you, you know, you don't want to just like, you know, personal development, you know, I, I do so much personal development. I mean, just all the guys you can think of John C. Maxwell, Darren Hardy, Les Brown, TR. I mean, but you know, you got to kind of stimulate your brain in other ways. Cause it'll just, you know, um, give you ideas and concepts, which is funny, kind of like this. So I just listened to breakfast club, just stimulating my brain just in, in other ways. And then they interviewed a guy that talked about how he got started in real estate, um, and he was doing all this, you know, doing all these deals and, you know, never had to worry about his credit or, um, mm -hmm. you know, never had to worry about, um, you know, tax returns and, um, using your own money, this whole, you know, the, the, the typical pitch. Right. So I was right. like, well, yeah. like COVID and I didn't have a lot of money and I didn't want to obviously use my credit and all these things. So it, it sounded good to me, but essentially it was wholesaling real estate. And that's, um, how I got started. It, it allowed me to learn, pretty much everything I needed to learn about how to underwrite deals, how to evaluate a, a real estate um, opportunity. And, um, you know, just by getting started with wholesaling, I learned both seller and buyer side, because obviously you have to learn how to communicate to a seller, you know, what are their right. needs what they want? How can you identify their needs and then solve that problem? And then for a buyer, you know, how can you build relationships with a buyer, uh, an, an investor and, figure out how this property would make sense to them. You know, obviously if you come to an end buyer with a deal, that's like, you know, maybe the property, you know, fully renovated is worth, you know, a hundred grand and it's going to take like, let's just simple numbers, 10 grand, $10,000 to make it, you know, market value. You know, you do like the 70% of ARV. So you're at 70, you got to subtract the $10,000 of repairs. So you need to be under that number. But if you're coming to the guy and saying like, Hey, I got a deal for $85,000. It's going to take, you know, you know, 10k only a little bit of work but it's only going to be worth 100 grand like dude you just don't understand like what it takes to buy real estate at a certain price and then all the <laughs> expenses that you you know so i yeah. it, it forced me to learn all of that so then when i was doing deals i was making money but also then becoming more confident and more competent in understanding how to build a real estate business so um to get back to your question about you know um getting deals funded well when i bought my first property i had so much confidence because i had learned so much by wholesaling yep. and then i was doing some deals so there was proof of concept like okay this guy you know miles knows what he's doing and um i think there's one thing that definitely a lot of a lot of people take for granted and it's not that you can't be successful if you're not doing this but it definitely leaves a lot of opportunities on the table and that's building content around what you're doing you don't have to become this mega influencer but i mean right. i just think the average person can at least just document their journey. And that's what I did. I wasn't some expert, but I just said, Hey, I'm just going to document my journey. And because of that, I had people I literally loved the good, bad. Yeah. All dude, of yeah, yeah. My first private money lender, she never met me in person. She had never met me <laughs> in person. And she lent me over a hundred thousand dollars. So it was a, it was my first fix and flip. Um, 
I think it was like 70, uh, I can't remember what the purchase price was. Um, might've been like 75,000 and then like, uh, 50,000 or I can't remember, but basically I remember her lending $118,000. Um, and she had never even met me in person and it literally got wired to closing. Wow. We never met. And it was because I had such a brand and such doc, you know, documentation that this guy's like, obviously not like messing around and he's obviously doing deals. And of course she did a little bit of her due diligence, obviously talking right. to people and whatnot. Um, but anyway, to answer your question, it just, that's what allowed me from, you know, first of all, that's what got me into real estate was wholesaling. Yeah. But then it was really being able to earn while you learn. And uh, it built my confidence to be able to buy my first deal by leveraging private money. And, um, you know, it was a great education to be confident in what I was going to do at that point. So that's kind of how I got started real estate and then it started being a buyer as well. Oh, yeah, man. No, I mean, I think that's I guess super important, right? Like, because like you said, man, like learning the wholesale side forced you to like know your numbers, right? Yep. It forced you to learn like what buyers are expecting, what kind of returns they're looking for. Um, you know, how they're analyzing their rehabs, right? I think a lot of people miss that, right? I think a lot of people, when they get into wholesaling, they just look at it from like their angle, right? I think that's where a lot of people, you know, kind of get stuck. And, yeah. um, you know, I think, you know, you did really, like, like you said, right? Like looking at it from both angles and understanding like, okay, I need to buy here, but here's why I have to be under contract at this price, right? Because this mm -hmm. buyer's looking for a, you know, 20% return on the flip, or they're looking for a, you know, an 8% yield or whatever the case is. Right. Um, so I think that's, that's a huge little nugget right there, man. Um, and then also too, man, I mean, so a little backstory, right. I think I met you what a year and a half ago, about a year, yeah. year, yeah. it was about a year, year and a half ago. Right. Um, so me and miles went to this, uh, same mastermind never met him in person before or anything like that. We ended up rooming together. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, awesome. <laughs> then I'll never forget, man. I'll never forget. I don't know what you were listening to or what it was, right? I'm one of those people that like, when I go to sleep, I got to have like everything dark, I have my TV off, like no sound, right? So um, Miles hit the hay early one night and we were all hanging out. I come in and he's got his phone on his chest and he was listening to a book. Right? <laughs> and it was like, it was, I mean, like it was loud, right? And he's out. I mean, cold. And so, dude, I didn't have the nerve to like wake you up and be like, yo, dude, can you turn it off? Like, <laughs> And so I literally just went to sleep listening to whatever book it was, man. Um, it was funny, man. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, I just wanted to, you know, kind of fill that in to ask you a question. Like, so from from there, right, because obviously, you know, I know where your business was then. Like we all, you know, broke down everything, um, you know, from, you know, just a little over a year ago to, to now. Um you know, how has your, you know, mindset shifted? How has your business changed? Oh, yeah. um, you know, obviously I've seen it by keeping up with you, but, you know, just for everybody that's listening or watches this later, like how have you shifted and changed, you know, from in just a year, right? Yeah, no, 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 it's, it's, a, it's great. Um, I love this because um, it's just, it just points back to, I think a lot of us are chasing bigger and more and bigger and more. And I think the reality is, is we need to start focusing more on identifying what kind of investor we want to be. What are your values? What are your actual goals as a, as a human being as a whole, not just like what kind of money you're trying to make or how big you're trying to scale. Because when I was at that event, I definitely had the mindset of like scale, scale. I need to do more deals. I need to be bigger. I need to be bigger. 
Um, and I've actually had so much more of a joyful and fulfilling life. My wife, our family is happier, you know, our life, not that it wasn't before, but just like we're, we're it's not, fo- I'm not focusing on how many more deals I can do. I'm focusing mm-hmm. on how much more fulfilling is my journey and my purpose. And it actually is causing for more deals to happen without me actually working as hard, um, which is right. interesting. The reason for that is um, you kind of going back to like what you're saying is like, what did my business look like at that time? Um, it looked like me really trying to build like a wholesale operation um, where I was trying to like figure out how to have, you know, first of all, I just remember too distinctively like, man, should I have an office or not have an office? Yeah. It seems like like cool everyone that's cool has like an office space and a bigger office space and i need to get an office space or like you know i gotta hire you know my acquisitions dispositions you know i need more cold callers you know i got guys i'm seeing you know doing you know six seven eight nine ten deals a month you know with like you know ten cold callers and text all this stuff and you know long story short where my business has come today so it's been really exciting number one I focus more on building a lot more private money relationships. Um, so instead of focusing on just doing more transactions and wholesaling, I focused on realizing that at the end of the day, my end goal is to be uh, is to build wealth. And there are some investors that literally don't really build well. I mean, they make a lot of like high, highly taxed income because they have a huge wholesaling business or even fixing flip that's just like transactional and it's a lot of money that you got to figure out how to offset. But what I've done is I pulled back and I've started kind of looking at it more as like um, slow and steady wins wins the race, right? Like I can go full throttle crazy fast and grow fast and grow fast, but it's kind of like profit first, right? It's not about how much money you're making. You hear you know, a company is a $100 million company. Yeah, but they're not making any profit, right? It's not about just scaling to how big you can be this big whatever company. It's like, it's like what's your profitability? And that's not honest. That's not all, um, also talking in my mind, just monetarily, but even just emotionally, like, right. you know, I think that there's profit spiritually, profit mentally, profit emotionally. So it's how, how are you profitable just in general, all, all around as a human being? So what I've actually done is I've focused more on building better and more relationships that can, that, that I'm able to pour into add value to that. Then also I'm allowed, I'm allowed. And I say the allowed because it's really an ask when you mm-hmm. leverage someone's money, you're asking to leverage their capital. They don't have to give it to you. You know, when you're leveraging a relationship that you have, it, it's an ask and the answer could be no, right? But because of how I'm pouring into relationships that I'm building, it is allowing me, allowing me to grow my business in a way that doesn't require, you know, more expenses, more overhead. So no, I don't have an office today. Uh, my office is kind of like my my car. It's so funny. I, I kind of go on Amazon and I buy all the little things that make my car. Oh, so I saw your little your little desk that you put on your yeah, steering wheel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I have like a little uh, compatible steering wheel desk. Um, that I could just very easily pull off on the side of the road. I, I pay for like a really, really awesome, um, high quality hotspot on all my, um, uh, basically electronics where anywhere, every, anywhere I am, I'm like, you don't even know. I'm like, I literally outside of Viva La Chicken, if you want to know, I'm like, anyway, <laughs> randomly out and about. Um, so I could pretty much get online and just do calls, do, you know, I mean, just do anything from anywhere I am. Um, but then also building relationships in the sense that, um, I wasn't necessarily seeking to be a mentor, so to speak, or build a mentorship, but um, yeah, I have like this small mentorship called Wholesale to Freedom. 
And uh, the idea is that it's not just about wholesale, but wholesaling is obviously what got my start. And it's allowed me to dive into all the freedom that I'm able to experience today, like my seventh month old going to swim class yesterday. And it was literally just like, a, you know, you know, uh, just a random day, like in the afternoon. And I can um, or actually what today was today's Monday. So he has a, he has that was a makeup uh, session, but right. um, he has he has one during the week that I could just go to just because I want to rather than like, oh, I need to talk to my boss or I have to like, you know, figure out my scheduling like I can just go like and it's like mm -hmm. that kind of freedom. Um, so. I had people reaching out that were just like, dude, how are you doing what you're doing? How are you doing what you're doing? Because again, I document my journey. So I would just share with people all the time, like how I was doing what I was doing. Because then I'm all about like, dude, just I, I don't have this, you know, scarcity mindset. Like there's so much opportunity out there. Like I'll share with you whatever I'm doing. Um, yeah. But it did get to the point where it was like understanding, you know, when you're a high performer, you really start to identify like where your time is going. And I just realized sometimes, it, you know, I was really just wasting time with or I wasn't wasting time. They were wasting my time. People that aren't going to do anything yeah. with it. Right. And I'm just yeah. like, All right, I can't just, you know, so what I ended up doing is I said, you know what, I'm going to build a small little community to where I can pour all the time that I want and need to. But these are people that are literally and obviously committed um, mm -hmm. because they're paying, you know, mm -hmm. um, and there is something to be said about obviously paying for, you know, game. Yeah, you know, exactly. So I know that they're committed. I know that they're serious and it's not outrageous. I'm not, you know, I don't have any of these high ticket, you know, seven grand, eight grand, 10 grand. And I don't, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But my goal was to at least just make sure that I could pour into as many people as possible. Um, but, you know, it'd still be affordable enough to where they feel like, okay, you know, I can get really, really great value um, and learn a, good bit, a lot of stuff. But, it, you know, it's not necessarily going to bake, you know, break the bank. And it's just been a great, man, dude, I've helped like, I have my own podcast, right? The MPT investor. And I mean, you could even the last one of the last episodes that I just did with one of my students, um, Marcella, dude, she's a freaking school teacher and has literally done over like $14,000, um, you know, by being just in the group and teaching her and showing her all the different things on how to create income. And she basically just single, she helps her mom and dad, they're older mm -hmm. in age and, um, you know, and she's like a, she's like a teacher and making this kind of income from home. She never even left her house. One of the deals, cause she did two deals, um, so far, and one of them was literally the house that I bought for my family and I. So it's a four bed, two bath in Anderson on 15 acres. I mean, we're, we're, we're uh, yeah, man, we're like in full renovation of it right now. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous. But I, we bought that from her, paid her $7,000. So that was her first assignment. And then we, there's this other lake house deal um, in Anderson. And she doesn't even live in South Carolina. She lives in Phoenix. So she's doing all this from her freaking bedroom. Mm -hmm. And it's stuff like that being able to pour into. So what's cool though, is I, I do a lot of deals with the students, right? They reach out mm -hmm. and they want to go through deals and we go through them together and we JV. So I've been able to basically change people's lives, but also get paid while doing it. Um, and it's just a really, really awesome opportunity to have my business where I'm doing six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 deals a month you know, a number of them for my own business, but then a number of them helping other people. So my expenses, my overhead is, uh, you know, honestly, almost practically zero, um, you know, I, other than maybe the one virtual assistant that I have that's cold calling just to have some leads that are still coming in that I control, right? right? A lot of it is just people that are just bringing me opportunities or working with my students. And again, it's the idea of, you know, pouring into others and leveraging, um, you know, that allows the business to grow. So, so um, all in all, I have, um, I have the fix and flip, but I'm not doing that full throttle. Um, and the buy and hold, um, I'm doing that full throttle, but I only yeah. buy creatively. I don't do the burr 
you know, where you buy low enough and then renovate it and then go to the bank to try and do a refinance. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not about the refinance type of game just because I learned creative finance and right. being able to buy deals like, dude, and you'll see this obviously on my social media or, or anyone else, like this uh, short-term rental that I'm closing on um, in about two weeks, two to three weeks. And you, you know, everyone's seeing it on my social media as I'm like um, basically buying all the uh, furnishing for it, whatnot. It's in Greenville, South Carolina, three bedroom dude i'm buying this short-term rental for zero down zero interest literally zero dollars zero down right. zero interest. i owe the seller a thousand dollars a month um and at 165 a night which is not outrageous for a three bedroom 165 i mean think about when you go to a hotel yeah, not bad at all. Yeah. 150 bucks you know for a night at a hotel 140 dollars um and it's a three bedroom um it's a little over uh, it's almost 5000 it's like $4700 if it was fully occupied but even at 50% occupancy i'm i'm basically netting over a grand and then eat, and then i looked at what is the what are the lowest amount of days that i need to have this property occupied for me to just cover my you know mortgage with the seller and whatnot and it's literally 7 days so literally yeah. just seven days out of the month um because i can use it as a short term rental but the idea is like man I'm buying it zero down zero interest so there's like no need to ever go to the bank um and it works right. as a rental property too it rents for about 1500 so Anyway, it's stuff like that, man. Um, that's just been really, really exciting um, for the business. Um, my focus right now is finishing out this renovation for our house because we're on 15 acres homestead. Super stoked about being able to create a farm life for my family and just live <laughs> in the city and just do deals virtually. Um, yeah. And uh, and then just growing uh, and helping the community, um, just pouring into more and more people in the community as new students get started and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, like I said, very, you know, small, like maybe one or two deals throughout the year might fix and flip if it makes sense. Um, but I do enough with wholesaling. It's just like, I don't even want to do the headache of having a fix yeah. and flip unless it's just like a smoking deal. Um, and then creatively just buying deals, um, to hold obviously for, uh, tax purposes and wealth purposes, which is the biggest thing. So, you know, and some other little things throughout all of that, but that's essentially kind of where I'm at now, man. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Cause I think, yeah, whenever we, when we first met, I think you were, you know, you were just getting into creative finance. You know, you had just kind of just dipped into like the sub two and creative finance stuff and you were primarily wholesaling. Right. And yeah, yeah. I remember multiple conversations, right. Of like, dude, how many cold callers should I get for, for what, yeah. where should I find an acquisitions manager? Like, yeah, I remember all those conversations, man. So that's yeah. awesome to hear that. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that too, man. Like I think too many people get caught up in like, like you said, like this, this, you know, vision and this goal, right. Of like this huge operation, this huge company. And, you know, like you said, like a lot of those companies really aren't that profitable, right. A lot of them are running at like 15, 20% profitability, if that, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like, um, you know, I, I agree, man, like, and, and that's the thing, right. Like, obviously like my business model is a little bit different, right. You know, we're, we're building up a team in house. We're building up a culture, we're building everything. And I think we just lost miles. Um, he'll rejoin back in but um yeah no our our business model is a little bit different than miles uh where you know we we actually do have an office and we have everybody in house and we're you know we're growing it that way um versus the virtual model um you know i don't think there's anything wrong with either one um i think again it just goes back to like what your goals are right um so let me uh let me text miles and see i think he got kicked he got booted. His phone actually might have died. Um, but yeah, guys, once uh, once Miles joins back in, um, I'm going to have Miles go into a little bit more detail about uh, 
you know, there was something that significantly impacted Miles' life, you know, right before, or right, like right as he got started in the real estate um, that, you know, to be completely honest, for a lot of people would have, would have stopped, right? A lot of people that would have happened and, um, you know, they would have just quit, right? They would have given up, um, found something else or, or just, you know, kind of um, really dug, like, dug a hole for themselves. Uh, one of the biggest things that I respect about Miles is his mindset, right? Um, you know, moving forward. And so once he hops back in, you know, I'll kind of have him explain a little bit about that. Um, there we go. Hey. <laughs> Dude, my nah. phone overheated. It was like I was in the sun and then it just oh, like. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's that South Carolina sun for you, man. Um, but you nah, said you're a little different. Yeah, you guys yeah. are building a team. Yeah, I was just saying, you know, like, um, you know, obviously, like our business are a little bit different, but neither one of them, like you said, is neither one of them is right or wrong, because right. at the end of the day, it's all about like, you know, what the goal for the individual person is, right? Like, you know, your goal is to, you know, you know, be home and be, you know, not do as many volume deals, but also build like, you know, more relationship based and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my thing, what I tell my students is like, you can get really good at generating leads and be a, a lead generation machine, which is absolutely amazing because you're generating leads. There's so much power in being able to generate leads. Um, again, there's nothing wrong. It's not about one being better or worse. It's just however you're operating, like does yeah. it is it aligned with your goals? For me, rather than me trying to be a generating lead machine, what I've realized is I am much more um, effective by being a lead magnet. I have leads mm -hmm. that come to me. All, dude, there's deals. I haven't even responded to people that have reached out to me like four or yeah. five text messages right now that I need to go respond. One's like a lot deal. Another one's just like a flip opportunity. I mean, just leads where people just see what I'm doing because I have, because I'm communicating, because I'm connecting, because I'm showing up and different things. And you know, I'm on different, all these different things, leads just come. And yeah. I would rather, you know, again, 50% of a watermelon than a hundred percent of a peanut. You know, I don't mind splitting the profit with somebody, um, if it keeps my expenses down and my overhead down and I can sleep at night and I can just have leads that are, you know, uh, um, you know, basically again, being a magnet coming and we can just do deals together. Now, of, of course there's little things that I'm just doing myself, obviously, but again, that's that slow and steady. I don't need to move fast. Right. Um, I just deep in terms of how, you know, how good are these deals? And I mean, yeah. dude. You could spend a lot of money to get, you know, 10 grand, five grand, four grand, two grand, three grand. And that's great. But man, being able to buy a house for zero down, zero interest. I mean, oh, that yeah. is so, like of a crazy cash on cash return. That's just unbelievable. You know? Oh, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah. No, and I was also saying too, like, you know, one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, about, about you that I respect a lot is like your mindset, dude. Like your perseverance and your mindset, because, uh, you know, I didn't say anything, but, you know, whenever you first got started, there was a significant thing that happened that for a lot of people would have made them quit, like completely altogether would have made oh, yeah. them quit. Right. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll kind of leave that up to you if you want to kind of dive into that, or if you want to explain kind of what that was, but I mean, and we'll talk a little bit more, but, you know, to kind of get over that and then still, you know, crush the deals and still, you know, be accountable and still hold yourself accountable and still move forward. Um, yeah. You know, I want to dive into like the mindset behind that. Obviously we've spoke about it. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I mean, essentially uh, I think, I don't even know now, I think maybe six, seven months into the 
real estate game, you know, you're just crushing it, doing deals, you're kind of growing, it's exciting. And then, you know, sometimes, you know, life hits you hard, you know, life, you know, life can happen to anybody, no one's exempt, um, you know, from the sins of this world. And what I mean by that is there was a lady just drinking, she was drunk, um, drunk driver basically hit me head on at like 91 miles per hour. Um, and that's not exaggeration. The only reason I even know that is because my wife and she even taught me this. I didn't even know this, that apparently the speedometer freezes when you have a car accident so that they know what um, speed people are going when there's accidents and stuff. So her speedometer froze at like 91. Uh, mine was just below 35. So it was in a 35, um, uh, a 35 lane and she was going 91. So you can imagine the impact. So I almost died mm -hmm. um, for sure. I obviously am super grateful to be alive today. Um, but I do have tons of injuries. So my left arm is not functional at all. My hand is, um, my whole arm is essentially like, like a burn victim. A lot of people think I was in a fire or something. There's a lot of skin graft. They had to take out a ton of muscle. So my fingers don't move at all. Uh, my right foot has what's called foot drop. So I have to wear a brace. Um, and, and if I don't, then my foot just drops and I just trip over it. So, um, cause I can't lift it up. And then my left leg had to get amputated through the knee. Um, so I lost my leg on that and have a prosthetic. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Obviously every yeah. day I wake, you know, and some people get to wake up and just make a protein shake, hit the gym and go out and do whatever, or just, you know, put on your skirt or, you know, your outfit and go downtown, whatever you want to do. But, you know, every day I'm like, dang, you know, I, I don't have a leg. I got to put, you know, basically armor and gear on just to even get out of the bed. Um, and, uh, it was, it was tough. It was rough. Obviously, you know, I'm, I was right. in the hospital for a number of months to learn how to walk, how to learn how to talk, how to learn how to really just even do every, all the basic things, how to hold a fork again. I mean, my fingers mm -hmm. and, you know, everything just didn't work the same. And um, yeah, so I just, again, it's all about, it's never what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you, right? I think I, I talked a little bit at the, uh, um, the mastermind, but it is true, right? Like it's never the situation. It's always the story you tell yourself, right? And because um, you know, and I don't, I won't necessarily go through the whole story, but you know, there's like that story of like the two brothers, you know, one, you know, was a drunk and a deadbeat and just wasn't successful. And his brother was absolutely mega successful. And they both came from the same household and, you know, they were both interviewed, like why was one better, you know, had more success than the other. And what's funny is they both said the same thing, right? Like, well, what do you expect? My dad was a drunk, a deadbeat, you know, et cetera. But, you know, for one brother, that became a story that he told himself that this is the way life is supposed to be, or this is all I'm worth. So he just became that. Whereas the other brother, let that be a motivator, right. And not necessarily like captivate him and, you know, hold him back. He see, he saw that as a way to motivate and, and propel him. So it was mm -hmm. the same situation, but it was the story that they told themselves that produced different results. So it wasn't about what happened to me. I mean, yeah, it sucked, but it, you know, a lot of things suck with people, right? Life, life is beautiful right. to me. A lot of things like, yeah, I mean, just all types of things that can happen. You get a speeding ticket, you know, you get fired from your work, you know, you get hit with cancer. I mean, all these things are just like, dang, that sucks, man. That's, you know, it's just challenging or difficult, right? We all go through it. So that's not what makes us unique. It's how we can operate, how we can navigate through those challenges and produce, um, you know, despite of whatever, you know, case might be. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, mindset's huge for me. It's just yeah. important. You're stronger than your body. And I'll say one last thing is that's not, that's not just a like It is true that your mind is stronger than your body. And we know this because why is it that you could be sleeping? Your eyes are closed. You're in the comfort of your bed 
and you're having this nightmare dream, maybe getting chased by a lion or something. Who knows? It doesn't even matter. But your heart rate actually increases. You wake up and you're like, <sighs> you yeah. know, we see it in movies or you're just like, you're, you're, you're actual Sweating, heart rate, yeah. your literal heart rate increased and your body literally produced sweat to cool itself. Like your body's actually physically doing things, even though nothing's happening at all. Right. You're immobile because- in your bed. Yeah. Yeah, you're literally in bed, but it's your mind is so powerful that um, because it seems so real, it forced your body to produce and get into whatever state it needed to be able to survive or to be able to navigate. And that's how powerful your brain. You can literally get you could put your body, your actual physical body in a different state, literally by leveraging your mind, your mindset. So um, it's mindset so important, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's huge. I mean, like, I mean, I, I'm. You know, obviously, like my background, a little bit of it, you know, is with football and 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 uh, you know, the fitness industry and stuff like that. So, uh, I mean, a big thing too is like when you're working out, right? Like they say, typically, like when you work out, whenever your muscles like reach failure, you still got like two or three more reps, like mentally, that you still could have done, right? Yep. Because your body, your physical body, is going to give out before oh, like yeah. you actually reach failure. You know? Oh yeah. Um, and it's it's a fail safe, right? Uh, because your body, obviously, whenever you're working out, like whenever you're, you're pushing through, you're making, you know, micro tears inside your muscles, right? So like your body wants to stop uh, before you actually reach that failure point. Um, right. you know, to your point, like your mind is so much stronger than your physical body. Um, because yeah, dude, I've seen I've seen guys push through and push through and push through. Um, just because their mindset is I mean, that's like, I mean, David Goggins, right? For instance, I mean, the dude's a machine, right? Um, but he always says like his strongest muscle is his mindset, you know, like, um, and, you know, if you guys don't know who David Goggins is, I highly recommend figure it out. Um, <laughs> um, right. But, but yeah, man, like, what would be like some of your advice? Obviously, like you said, man, like everybody's got challenges, right? Everybody's going to have things going on. You know, nobody's life is an identical, you know, copy paste to somebody else's. So everybody's going to have their own unique, you know, challenges and things that pop up. Um, you know, what's what's extremely difficult to one person is not always going to be extremely difficult to another. Right. So what would be like your advice uh, as far as like people going through challenges, like how to overcome those and how to really push past those, um, you know, and everything, you know, moving forward? Yeah. Um, you know, two things I always share. Number one, gratitude, really take that for granted. But, um, you know, it's all about the perspective, it's all about, again, the story you tell yourself. And a lot of times when we're going through challenges, perspective is that the challenge or the problem is like our world. It's like our entire life. It's like, you know, the it's a, it's an identity crisis. It's like you're identifying with this thing as it's it's you and it's not you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be bigger than that. Right. And the challenge is one way people maybe lose sight of being able to do that is they lose sight of like, you know, how bad it really could have been or how bad it is for others. So, you know, what helped me through my challenges or helps me in general is just like having understanding, like, man, it could always be worse. Like even with my accident now, dude, it, dude, it hurts all the time. I'm always in pain. Even right now I'm like moving my foot around. You don't even know that because my, my right foot is just like sharp pain right now. Um, and you know, uh, it's not, not necessarily easy, obviously, um, by any means, but, there are people that have, you know, no legs and no arms, right? There are some people that, um, you know, literally, even if I, you know, lost both of my legs, like, you know, there are people that 
you know, literally, dude, I mean, obviously I was just in New York. A lot of people saw that and I was modeling for um, Tommy Hilfiger, which is so crazy for, uh, you know, adaptive clothing for disabilities, people with disabilities. And it was just so humbling, man, because you see there's like, dude, there was literally kids there that were blind. Like they literally had like mm-hmm. the stick in their hand and they're just like tapping the floor. Like literally you and I just, you know, we get to, I see you got that nice chain. You got your nice snapback. You know, you got cool clothes. You know, we got our, you know, we got our looks and we can appreciate life in, in the sense of the colors and look around and look cool yeah, and like, it, take look, it in. you know, all of this stuff. And if you're blind, you don't get to experience any of that. You don't get to see mm-hmm. literally you're just blind. You're just close your eyes. And that's what you see 24 seven. Yeah. Just always, 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 always. Right. Or deaf. You can't hear anything. Right. Can't hear anything. Um, it, it's just, you know, it, it, things could always just be worse. So it's always about how can you find, you know, uh, just gratitude in the midst mm-hmm. of challenges that will help your perspective. Just realize, you know what? Yeah, it's a little, it's tough, but man, I can get through this, man. It could be worse. Uh, you know, I'm grateful for what I do have. Right. So that's number right. one practical thing. That's just something practically people can do is just find things in your life that you can be grateful for rather than focusing on the things that you either are bereft, um, you know, you don't have, or you wish you had or whatever the things are. So that's number one. Um, but then number two, uh, is just environment, right? I mean, that, that's a practical thing is like, sometimes people yeah. just aren't in the right environment. And we just overlook the power of, you know, birds of a feather flock together, right? We hear that, you know, we hear these phrases all the time, you know, you know, com- you know, misery, you know, needs company oh, or you know, yeah. like, you know, all these things that like, um, you know, really uh, point to who you're surrounded by and what you're surrounded by really does affect kind of like your outlook as well on things, right? Yeah. So, I like to think of environment as like your physical environment and then your online environment. Like there's two different environments, like physical is like everything around you, your family, your friends, you know, uh, people you hang out with, yada, 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 like all of that stuff. You can change your environment that and, and put yourself in, in environments where people empower you, they strengthen you, they inspire you. And you just, you just feel like you can do, I tell you all the time, man, you hang out with me long enough. You're going to feel like you can do anything. I mean, that's just the way that's, <laughs> that's the environment, yeah. right? Like you just, in an environment of people that you know make you feel unstoppable and just empower you rather than small or rather than average rather than man everything's hard and the world's shutting down and the interest rates are going up and yada yada all these different things get in a better environment but even online you know what you're seeing you know it's so funny you know you I might meet successful yeah. yeah and it's like you know you look at their instagram or something and like it's just blah, just stuff like, <laughs> yeah i mean like, i want to piggyback on that too man because like I feel, and this is just my, this is my opinion. I feel like it's so much easier for people to find a negative group to run with, right? It's so much easier to find people who have, you know, who always want to complain about something or the world is, you know, woe is me. And there's always something going wrong. And there's, I feel it's so, it's so much easier to find that, right? Than it is to find, like, you're talking about like a group of people that are, you know, everyone's striving, everyone's wanting to work, you know, towards success, everybody's wanting to better themselves and better other people around them. And I think the biggest thing behind that is because it's you actually have to seek that, right? You actually have to seek wanting to find people who are, you know, wanting to progress and wanting to grow. And it's easy to just, you know, everybody has those people. I mean, everybody knows them, right? Everybody has those people and it's the common, you know, it's common, right? That they want to complain and, you know, want to, you know, bitch about this or that or whatever. Um, But it's, it's, I feel like it's a lot harder to kind of pick yourself up and like find that group. And I think a a big piece of that is 
um, you know, you've probably experienced this as well, you know, trying to build your brand and everything like that. I feel like people get, you know, almost like discouraged or almost like scared to reach out or like scared to, you know, interact with you or whatever the case may be. And so it's harder for people to go against the grain to surround themselves with, you know, like-minded people, you know, or it costs or, you know, and and there's a, there's a bit, you know, as a saying, right. You gotta, you gotta pay to be in the right rooms. Right. Um, And I think that just kind of, you know, and I'm not, that's not like a plug for anything or anything like that. Um, There's a lot of rooms you can be in that are free, right. There's a lot of people you can talk to that are free. Right. Um, But I think that's a big piece. It's so much easier for people to find those people that just want to complain and have a negative outlook. Um, and it's human nature, right? Human nature is to, you know, bitch and moan about stuff. Right. Um, and it's a lot harder to find those people that are, you know, wanting to be successful, wanting to, like you said, like preach gratitude, wanting to find the good and everything. And, you know, it can always be worse. Right. So how, how can I take this bad and make it a good, you know, right. But yeah, I wanted to piggyback off of that because I think that's huge, man. I think it's just, it's so much easier for people. And I think that's why like these groups like you're talking about are so, you know, few and far between. They're out there, like they are, like the people are out there. And like what I found is like the more people I talk to that are like that, the more I realize that like the conversations are so much better, Mm. you know? And I I feel good at the end of the conversation. Like I feel good having conversations with people versus like when you have conversations that are with people who are negative all the time and wanting to, you know, complain about stuff, you get, like you get worked up, you know, oh, like yeah. you get heated, you know? Yep. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, man, like I wanted to piggyback off of that. Cause I, I genuinely feel like that's a big like barrier to entry for people. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, um, um, it's just, an, it's just the easier way. Right. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes, um, it's hard for you to really um, see yourself sometimes in a successful light too. Um, yeah. So you tend to not do the things that require you to go above and beyond because it's almost like, well, what's the point? I mean, I'm not going to be successful anyway. So you have to have the mindset. Again, it's all attitude and mindset yeah. and belief that success, number one, is capable for you and also that you deserve um, to live the life that you want to live and can design. Um, and then that'll basically get you onto that journey of seeking that out, right? Because the only, you're only going to look for things that you see value in, right? I mean, watch TV and you don't know where the remote is. You're looking for it everywhere because you see value in finding that remote because it'll turn on the TV, right? So anything that you see value in, you will figure out a way you will look for it. You will find it. So it's, it's just helping people, you know, see the value in themselves and realizing that you can be successful and you should be successful. Why not? If you have the opportunity, why and uh just yeah you know getting in the right environment to help people do that so yeah absolutely yeah and i I think also too to what like to your point like believing that you should like that you can right believing that you deserve that believing that you can get to that point um i think more more so than an outward belief it's like it's an internal belief right like and i'll be honest like i struggled that for a long time like there i mean dude like there was points where like you know we were we were making you know, we were making more than I've ever made before. And I was like, Whoa, like what? Like what? Mm-hmm. what? Why? why? You know, like why? Um, and so like, it, it took a lot to like actually realize like, okay, no, I deserve this. You know, like I, I deserve to be here. I deserve to get the, I mean, do like we've worked our asses off. I deserve to be here. You know, we've, we've struggled the struggle to, to realize the fruits of the labor. Right. Um, so I think out like, cause anybody can go out there and have an outward, 
you know, I believe this, I believe in this, I believe in me, I believe in myself, but outside of the outward belief in yourself, like I think the internal belief in yourself is huge too, you know? Yeah. And I think not too many people talk about that. Like, cause I can go out there and post all the time about how, you know, how good we're doing and how much I believe in our team and how much I believe in me and how much I believe in this. But if I don't believe it, like actually like believe it and live it, it's completely wrong, you know? Right. And, and it shows, right. I've been there. Like I said, like whenever that was going on, dude, the business was so hard, like so yeah. hard. I mean, it was right. Like trying to structure things and trying to bring people in and trying to do all that was so hard because it was like, I was outwardly saying I believed in it, but up here it was like, what is going on? Right. You know, we're making money, but why am I, why, you know? Um, so I think that's huge, man. Um, so we had a question come in. Um, somebody asked, they said, what would be your advice for someone who wants to get started? but doesn't know where to start. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very interesting. It's kind of like what I said. Um, and it, it is not to be condescending to that individual. Um, it's a great question, but it's, it's kind of just, you know, things are more simpler than we make it. And it's kind of, like I said, if you see the value in something, you're going to figure out a way. And I think the reality is, um, you know, if you're trying to really start, if you're really, really, really wanting to move forward, and I'm assuming when you mean by start, you mean like get started in real estate investing or maybe even particularly wholesaling real estate or whatever the case is, um, you got to really see that there's value in you actually getting involved in real estate investing and, and having and being able to have that success like we talked about, number one. Like you got to deserve that. Like there's some people that like it's not even a I'm curious or I would like to. They need to. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of like where I was, where it was in the middle of COVID and I needed to make something happen. So my search, yeah, yeah, my search complicated. I wasn't asking myself like, man, where do I start? I was just like, I'm just starting. I got to figure this out. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just doing it. You know, going on YouTube and looking up, how do I make my, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, I see some guy that's doing real estate deals and I just ask him like, Hey man, I'm really trying to get started. Like you, you will, you will find it's not, I, I think here's the, here's the real, the bigger problem. I, I truly don't think people don't know how to start. I think people are more so looking for either permission or they're looking for it to be easier to start. Honestly, I really believe that that's the, because most of us are, are intuitive to understand that we could go on Google, we could go on YouTube, we could, we see it all over social media, Instagram. I mean, there's so many like, you know, TikTok videos and real estate or YouTube videos. All you got to do is type in how to get started in real estate. <laughs> literally 5,000 videos from, you know, 50,000 different people, you know, of like how they talk about how they got started, whatever. I mean, it is so easy today to find the information. So it's not really the information, right? If information mm-hmm. changed our lives, then we would be a lot happier, a lot skinnier, you know, and a lot wealthier, right? It's not yeah. about the information. I could tell you all day. The information's out there for everything. Yeah, yeah. I could tell you all day, you know, the information on how to get in shape, how to get fit. I can tell you all day the information on how to build wealth. But the reality is it's, it's just the action, right? It's just the action. So for that individual, I'm kind of picking on you a little bit just because it's more so I'm picking on everybody who maybe has that challenge and really, really more so just trying to empower rather than pick on you. I'm just saying that. But the reality is I'm really just trying to, you know, push and empower um, that, you know, it's much easier than you're making it seem. I think the, the bigger question is, why are you not taking the action you know you should take? So it's not yeah. about, you know, I don't know, like, 
what would you say to someone like, what's the first step or how do I get started? I think the bigger question is why haven't you gotten started? Because you yeah. know how to get started. You know, Martin Luther King says you don't need to see the whole staircase to get to the top. You just need to see the first step, right? So people usually see that first step. It's, it could be so simple, like a YouTube search, like a Google yeah. search, like a friend type of thing. I mean, if you're already on this like live streaming, I mean, you're already someone, I mean, you know, who's probably in, in, in a community or environment where you could just literally find out, you know, how'd you get started in real estate or go on YouTube and look for, I mean, you're already in that mindset. So it's less about more information and it's more about more action. Like why, you know, ask yourself, why am I not taking the step that I know I should take to get to that next step? Yeah. No, I agree 100%, man. I think I think too many people get caught up in that analysis paralysis stage, right? Where it's like they want to try to learn every little detail and every little thing that could go wrong and will go wrong, right? Um, before they even take that first step. When in reality, like by taking the first step, you're already ahead of 99% of other people. Like right. by, by, like you said, by taking that step onto the stairs, you're already ahead of all the people that are sitting there looking at it. And so like, I agree 100%. Like, I think for anybody that's looking to get started or, you know, wants advice on how to get started, I think the advice on how to get started is start. Like, like that's, that's my advice on how to get started. Start like, right. you know, use your free time. You know, if you're working, a, if you're working a job right now, like I hate, I hate the, the term nine to five. Right. Cause like nowadays I don't feel like hardly anything's nine to five. Right. You know, I feel like so many, so many jobs now or have escaped that traditional nine to five you know, schedule. Um, so I think if you're like, if you're working a job, like I think the biggest thing to get started is use every bit of free time you can to talk to people, like whether that be sellers, investors, other wholesalers in your market, you know, whatever the case is, like you said, there's so much free content out there. There's so much paid content. There's so many mentorships out there. So many courses available out there. Like there's so many ways to ingest the knowledge that like you said, like, that's not the issue. Like the issue for someone trying to get started is that they haven't started yet. Like, and like the biggest, like the biggest thing I would say is like, it's, it's, it's going to be imperfect. Like too many people focus on trying to be perfect and trying to get the perfect business model or perfect plan in place where like, dude, I can tell you, you can, you're a prime example from the time you start till you, your business model will change drastically and yours oh, yeah. will probably shift again you oh, yeah. know down yeah, the road done. like you know oh, what yeah. i mean so it's like too many people i think try because you know it's the whole thing with school right school teaches you to write this business you know this long business plan and you know do a swot analysis of everything and all this other stuff like that when in reality like you just need to do it you just need to go you know like ready shoot aim you know like <laughs> that's um, it yeah. So, uh, but man, I appreciate you hopping on, man. We're, we're, we're nearing to an hour, so we'll wrap this thing up. Um, you know, what, what's one thing that, you know, you want to leave everybody with, uh, it's like a sign off, um, and, you know, kind of motivation moving forward. Yeah. The one thing I'd leave for everyone is, just, you know, uh, find your faith. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that's so important. It's so easy to figure out, you know, how much money you need, um, to be able to pay your bills. It's very easy to figure out how to build wealth it's very easy to figure out, um, you know, uh, you know how to get started in real estate investing, you know, how to make money, you know, very easy to figure out how to travel, even sometimes how to travel for free, buy credit cards and do this, and <laughs> yeah. the bonus, 
pay off this. And there's just so much information out there for like creating more resources. Um, I think what's the problem for people, because even when you have enough resources or even if you have more than enough, it still doesn't help a lot of people with like how they feel inside or how they understand their role in life in general to really fulfill, to feel, to feel fulfilled. And there's a lot of rich people that aren't happy or there's a lot of wealthy people that are, um, you know, that honestly, fortunately there's people that have honestly more resources than a lot of people could even think of and commit suicide or, you know, struggle with different things that like, Mm -hmm. if you find your faith and really operate in your life aligned with that, it actually doesn't really matter at what income level you're at. You're always going to be wealthy. And I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem for most people. Like for me, I feel wealthy. You know, do I make five, 10, 15, 20 million a year? Absolutely not. I don't need that. Right. I mean, I have a very wealthy life um, because of, again, the lifestyle I have with my family, with my kids, my day to day, you know, just uh, the people that I'm impacting. I mean, there's so many. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I can't even count the amount of people that I've helped, you know, do their first wholesale deal or make tens of thousands of dollars or start their first real estate deal or, you know, uh, or change their life mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, there's just, and and all of that just comes back around, right. I mean, to where, you know, Mm -hmm. you have people reaching out for you to get on their podcast where you have people like, you know, shoot, like Tommy Hilfiger asking you to model their clothing, you know, whatever it is, (laughs) you know, things that like people are going to gravitate towards you and you're going to have a better, more fulfilled, more eventful, more exciting life. Uh, know when you find your faith so i'm not necessarily here i'm not going to take the time to you know obviously try and convert people to christianity but my faith is in christ and it really uh guides all the things that i do personally um i mean it helped me through my accident i mean it's the Mm -hmm. it's the like it's like 99 you know one percent was really just the mindset attitude again gratitude all these different things but 99 percent of it you know was really led by my belief uh, my belief and my faith in christ and then even how i operate with my wife how i raise my children as it talks about in scripture how to you know how I run my business, you know, the money that I make, how I serve, I pour back into others, how I just do deals in general. Why, why, why am I so abundant and giving, you know, rather than scarcity and taking. And a lot of people are, but it's because they don't have the, they don't have, they're not rooted in faith. So they're just kind of operating based off of natural instincts and they're just their ability to navigate in life. And there's just, there's too many opinions out there. There's too many, um, you know, there's just too much to try and figure out on your own. You need to find your faith and you need to be guided. Um, you know, rather than just trying to like hustle, 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 be guided. It's so much easier, right? I mean, you think about the word hustling and then guiding, right? I mean, guiding just seems so much more, um, you know, uh, impactful than someone just, just hustle. It just seems mm-hmm. harsh, right? Hustling. But when you're guided, you're being impacted, you're being led. And I think when people focus more so on just uh, fulfillment and finding their faith and really understanding who they are as an individual, a lot of other things kind of fall into place and maybe not at the time that you want, but I mean, just, you know, hindsight is 2020. I mean, you'll look back and realize this and that. Um, And again, not everything needs to move fast, but I I think finding your faith is so so powerful. It's just not talked about enough. So anyway, that'd be kind of the last thing I'd leave. Love it, man. No, I agree, man. I think, I think wealth is, is, I think wealth is defined by what you see value in and what you seek. You know, I don't think obviously monetary is, is part of it, but you know, I think being wealthy is, is different aspects and multiple, multiple facets of life. Right. So I couldn't agree with you more, man. Um, Well, cool, man, miles, dude, I really appreciate you hopping on, man. Um, Great to catch up with you, chop it up a little bit, man. And, and um, you know, hopefully we can reconnect again, you know, soon. Let me know if you guys are ever coming back down to Florida and, and I'll do the oh, yeah. same once we make a trip back up there. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, because what part of Florida are you in? 
Uh, we're in Jacksonville right now. We're going to be in Orlando within the next year. Oh, Orlando. Oh, dude. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah that's yeah. a fun place. Yeah, <laughs> man. So, cool. well, awesome, cool, man. Brother. I appreciate it. I'm going to, yep. I'm going to stop this and we'll sign off. Awesome, brother. Man, I appreciate you, dude. Much love. Thanks so much. All right, man. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys, thank you for joining. Um, that was Miles Barrio. Um, good guy. Great to have him on. Good friend of mine. Uh, make sure you guys tune in next week, 1 p.m. Uh, we got another great episode for you guys lined up. And uh, 